Hello and Happy New Year, everybody. You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. It's time for Greatest Hits. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best, yes, the very, very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. The very loudest today. What an amazing, <laughs> exciting, and uh, loud piece of music we're what playing What a perfect play-in, though. I have this it literally is... as far as it can go on iTunes to the left, and it's still like almost drowning out your voice <laughs> this track really wants you to uh, be in its clutches yes what a great track to play in with and this is going to be so fun keeping in tradition with all of our greatest hits episodes this playlist is going to be non-stop it's going to be an embarrassment of riches some phenomenal video game music that was all played for the first time on our podcast in 2020 man there was so much great stuff to say that there is stuff that we couldn't include today is obvious and a real understatement because even if you're talking about stuff played for the first time which is what these episodes are all about there's so much amazing stuff that we won't have time for today this is just a taste a highlight reel of some of the best stuff we played this past year yeah it's really fun we like to do these episodes every year as a sort of retrospective i feel like we're very nostalgic on this show there's a lot of tradition there's a lot of looking back and talking about old memories but it's true um, I think there's something about listening to great video game music that makes one feel nostalgic. I mean, I remember we talked years and years ago about how there was a certain almost like harmonic quality in a lot of game music that was nostalgic the first time you listened to it. Um, And I think it's sort of an interesting thing to talk about because much in the way that we're kind of looking back at some of these tracks, uh, the reason we're playing this stuff on the podcast is for the most part, this is all music that we we not only played for the first time on the podcast this year, but a lot of this is stuff that we heard for the first time. A lot of it, yes. While preparing Which for... is always the best, right? That's yeah. always the most fun. So it's interesting because it's not necessarily, you know, music of 2020, but it's no. things that we were introduced to within the context of this past year that we shared on the show. And I, I love it because it helps me sort of keep track of uh, in just if, for my own memory of like, what are the things we've been doing this year? And I remember, yeah. I don't know, it, it would be really fun to go through just the greatest hits episode. Like I would love we, that. I think for our final episode or whenever we're done, we should do like the greatest hits of the greatest hits. episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it might have to be a really long episode, <laughs> but yes, yeah. this is going to be so fun. What you guys heard playing in, let's just dive into the music. Cause we got a lot today. We got 19 bangers today to get through. But anyway, that was from final fantasy 14 shadow bringers. We did a final fantasy 14 episode, which included some of that DLC music. This track is from the dragon's wake and it's by Masayoshi Soken. So I remember that episode. That was a really good time. Uh, Will, is there anything else you want to say at the top or should we just dive into this? really fun music well i think before we dive into it i just want to i think just mention that looking back on this year i think my favorite score that we played that we discussed was princess connect redive oh, yeah and that is so, a good point <laughs> i think really <laughs> this many episode could just be made it? another princess connect episode just in oh, terms of gosh. like that's some of the best music i feel like we've ever played it is true so it'll be interesting to see how many made the cut today <laughs> okay let's keep it going one of the earliest episodes of the year was a really fun sonic duo episode we called it i think seventh gen duo we focused on Sonic Unleashed and Sonic Colors. 
an amazing track from Sonic Unleashed that we had played for the first time uh, is Arid Sands Night. And we're going to play that today. Let's take a listen to this piece from Sonic Unleashed. It's composed by Kenichi Takoi. What an absolute knockout, and what a standout from Unleashed. This is Arid Sands Night, composed by Kenichi Tokoi. I remember when we got to this track, I, I want to say it was near the end of that playlist. Um, we were having a great time with the episode, and this one just really put a smile on our face and but made both of us dance. Uh, it's such a cool track. Will, do you recall this piece of music from Unleashed? I remember that episode just being incredibly dazzling yeah. uh, musically, but yeah, this is so fantastic. I don't think I have a specific memory of this melody, but God, it's mm-hmm. so strong. I love how it disco-y is. it is. I love the production. I, it's kind of just this enough is of that Middle Eastern influence. <laughs> it is a 10 out of 10. Yes. If I was going to rate this, it would be a 10 for sure. Um, which makes whittling really well, hard. I for love how sexy it is. I love how retro it is. Um, yeah. Yeah, Great it's, production. Just, it's really, it's cheesy in all the most delightful ways. What's fun about these episodes is uh, it's kind of like an, it's like listening to an album of a band's greatest hits, where it's none of the deep cuts, it's none <laughs> of the uh, um, the tracks that are more divisive, it's just all the the number just one bangers. singles. Yeah. Um, so it's like every single track on today's playlist will be... It's incredible uh, to say the least. I just looking at this playlist is is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, and now this is one of the rare cases where uh, this was not the track of the week on that episode. I want to say that the track of the week was something we had already played. So sometimes I have to. I want. I don't want to say break the rules because there are no real rules for these episodes other than that it has to be played for the first time this past year. But a lot of this is track of the week stuff. Okay, let's move on to the track of the week on our first listener show until episode of the year. We actually had two of those episodes this past year, and Luigi B um, got the honor of track of the week on that episode. It's Animal Crossing New Horizons. It really fitting that we play something from this score when we're talking about 2020. Kind of the game of 2020 for a lot of people. It's really what helped them get through quarantine, wasn't it? So this is 5 p.m., which is a really funky and fun and laid back piece from New Horizons.
you guys are listening to 5 p.m., this is from Animal Crossing New Horizons. It's such a feel-good 70s throwback tune. I love it. The composers we have are Yasuaki Iwata, so good, Yumi Takahashi, and Shinobu Nagata, who's a composer that worked on Mario Sunshine, among other great Nintendo scores. So I'm hoping it's the case where she did actually contribute new music, because I think it's been a while since I've heard uh, new music from her. But in any case... What a track. Very stellar. I love the kind of heaviness of that quarter note pulse and how it works with this groove. It's it's yeah. very retro, very funky. I mean, I think uh, both this and the Sonic Unleashed track we play are capitalizing on that sort of 70s sound. They're very different. You know, both of these are, are different in aesthetic and style. Um, but it's so cool to hear new Animal Crossing music because I think it's you know there these composers are maybe stretching out musically in a way that was either not possible before or not necessarily happening but i think still sticking to the tenets of what made the series great originally and the sort of musical markers of it which is that yeah it's very minimal it's very background but it's also incredibly motivic and a lot of it has to do with like theme and variation that's true and i think one of the most impressive things about the new horizon score is that so much of at least the hour music does a great job of feeling simple but you don't get sick of it you know you could listen right. to this track and if you're playing the game you'll listen to it for a full 60 minutes before it switches to 6 p.m and you really aren't going to get sick of it this is my favorite hourly theme from the game uh, i do think it's kind of silly to talk about but it does convey that time of day really well i think uh too so yeah what a great sure. piece of music really fun we're just going to keep going in order to have time for everything today This next track comes from our Composer Spotlight episode on the wonderful and the legendary Takanobu Mitsuyoshi. The track of the week on that episode was actually a piece we had never played and that I don't think we had ever heard until preparing for the episode. So that was a treat. This is a track called Temptation of Speed from Sega Rally 2006, which Mitsuyoshi did contribute some music to. Let's take a listen. That's Mitsuyoshi-san doing what he does best. Classic racing music, even though it's from 2006. This is Temptation of Speed. It feels like a long-lost classic. The first time we heard it, it immediately just hooked its teeth into us and made us feel like we've known it our whole lives. 
so, so very good. Well, 15 years old. I mean, you know, that's sort yeah. of old enough to be a long lost classic. Yeah. This is fantastic. I mean, the production is so phenomenal. It's just incredibly dazzling in this sort of funk fusion style. The virtuosity of all of the lines and just the interaction of all the moving parts, that active bass line, that just really twinkles. active kind of almost <laughs> linear drum pattern. Yeah. Oh, it's so You know, one thing fantastic. I got to say about our playlist is every single piece we've heard so far, this is the fourth we've heard, has had phenomenal production. And um, a lot of real stuff, this one is, is more sequenced, but um, yeah, the production, however you want to talk about it, has been phenomenal so far on this playlist. And I think that is yeah, going mean, to continue. The mixing and just uh, also, I mean, it's interesting because the lines get blurred between the different elements of kind of what makes something in a digital music environment. Um, you know, and I think especially yeah. when talking about retro game music, these terms are become a little bit irrelevant. Yeah. Um, but I think the other thing that's just so fantastic about this track is the the kind of confidence of the arrangement, all of everything that's happening rhythmically, but harmonically as well. I mean, every single chord, every single moment of this piece of music is just incredibly rich and juicy. It's just every so chord exciting. Is spicy. Every note in the melody is dazzling and wonderful. The thing um, that I love maybe more than anything about it is that it feels like it it carries a torch of old school Sega arcade music, a lot of which that Mitsuyoshi-san worked on. Sure. But it brings it into the new era, like the quality of these instruments and, and how he's combining electronic sounds with kind of retro synths and stuff. Well, the other Just a interesting great combo. thing is I feel like a lot of composers that were around back then that had to make the transition to either Redbook Audio or um, recording actual, you know... Uh, just digital wave file music yeah. that sometimes there's either growing pains or I feel like the quality of the music actually declined because maybe the limitations were responsible for the creativity. But a piece of music like this, I mean, I think is you could make the argument. This is the greatest thing. It's that, one of the you best know, Mitsuyoshi things Mitsuyoshi yeah. ever composed. I mean, it's, it's really, and I get the sense that not only was he influenced by the tools, but he was writing up to them where it's like he was, he was really taking advantage of all the things that wouldn't be possible to do on the traditional arcade hardware, which I mean, it takes an incredible amount of talent and um, skill and just kind of expertise to be able to execute that. Well, we had uh, another installment of a a modern chiptune episode this past year. And the track of the week on that episode was tall buildings by red and green. This is cool. Not only was this first played, you know, in 2020, but I believe this artist, this chip tuner, red and green first time ever featured on our podcast this past year. So how cool is that? It's from a, I think a compilation album called staff Cirque volume three Cardinal virtue. Let's take a listen to the delightful tall buildings.
so good. You guys are listening to Tall Buildings, an outstanding and, and quirky and eclectic chiptune by Red and Green from the album uh, Staff Cirque Volume 3, Cardinal Virtue. This is absolutely outstanding. Uh, and one of the highlights for me of our podcast every year is when we get to do these modern chiptunes episodes and we'll check in with the wonderful and flourishing community out there of electronic artists that are making such inventive, fresh, and yet maybe nostalgic music and red and green just outstanding work well, it's on also, this piece it's so inspiring to us because you know it's like both of us like to make kind of music in this modern chiptune style or scene or whatever you want to call it but it's also interesting the context of doing those episodes on this podcast because when we started this show i definitely remember i don't know if this is something we ever explored on the podcast but just for us personally those felt like episodes we were doing for the fans because we know yeah, there's so many sure. people that love that community and, we and then wanted it started to, sort of to change a little bit to, to me but least. now those are some of our favorite episodes yeah and maybe part of it is like we we've discovered more we're more familiar with the different artists that we like or maybe but even I think more part, part of, of is, these communities yeah the, the the kind of the freedom of so many modern chip tuners is really inspiring and exciting in the way that so many composers not only have the the technical facility to be able to write you know authentic chip tunes in kind of using this older technology but really nailing the compositional side of things whether it's the yeah. sort of the language of the kind of super nes soyo oka jazz harmony and something like this or you know we've played so many examples of of tracks that really get in a particular subset or subgenre of game music on an accurate level where it's like we're, we're constantly like oh if you could tell me this was written in 1991 and I would believe you. Yeah. That's something that really excites me, especially too. so many modern chip tuners are kind of doing what Jake Kaufman did in shovel Knight, which is kind of paying enough reverence to the stuff we all grew up with, but almost taking it to the next level um, using those tools for something further. new. Yeah. It's and that's so how true. I feel about this tall buildings track. First of all, the length of the form, all the different sections that it goes through is something you probably wouldn't get in game music back then, but also the the mixture of all these different chip sounds and oh, it's just phenomenal. I would like to talk to Red and Green and get the sense of what were some of the biggest composer inspirations. For me, there's just so much Soyo Oka influence in this and it makes me smile. And like Kazumi Tataka, just the sort of like Nintendo background uh like light music sound the type of thing that kazumi would do on all the wii channel themes or elevator in music mario paint or yeah, yeah the background quiche music sort absolutely of style. delightful let's move on there are two show and tell contributions that made the cut today and i thought it was only fair to have one of will's um track of the week choices and one of my track of the week choices so this is from one of those episodes and it was will's track of the week choice it was from a game called el shaddai ascension of the metatron and it's composed by masato koda let's take a listen to the amazing tragic scream
so, so good. You guys are listening to Tragic Scream from the game El Shaddai Ascension of the Metatron. This was composed by Masato Koda, and this was something that Will found for Show Until Episode. It was his choice for Track of the Week. Uh, I can't remember if you won this particular Rock, Paper, Scissors match, but uh, really glad we get to listen to this one again. This was absolutely outstanding. I was floored when I first heard the virtuosity of that violin and how it's mixed with this really modern electronic production. It's such a cool mixture. It's so at home for a modern video game, and they just make all of these kind of quirky, disparate elements work so well together. I completely agree. You know, and I don't remember who among us won that rock, paper, scissors. I don't either, because on our website, there's um, both of our tracks are, are bolded, so I guess I was being nice. I think it's safe to say, though, that the real winner of that episode was Masato Koda himself <laughs> because I mean what a, yes. what a stellar composition on every level I mean the mixture of virtuosity it, it's that sort of blend of the expected and the unexpected a very yeah. satisfying melody the way it kind of formally where it goes it has nice contrast it, it has something um, for everyone yeah but I really interesting say. production it's a very like you said carl eclectic blend of sounds and styles it has this sort of rugged garage approach to mike it's an eclectic composition too it's actually a very diverse composition there's there's a journey that this piece goes on and i i really do think this has something for everyone it would be really hard for me to imagine someone listening to this and not really having a reaction to it well i also like it reminds me a little bit of um yoko kano in the fact that there's like a sort of bluesy element to it um and you have that sort of harmonies and fourths a little bit at the beginning yet it ultimately becomes this very lyrical piece but yeah this mixture of electronic sounds very overtly electronic sounds with this unique approach to miking and producing the uh, yeah i will say that elements that al shed al shed i is is a score that we should both uh look back at again and maybe consider i also want to i want to give props to carlos because he's the one who recommended this Ooh, game to me originally cool Thanks, Carlos. <laughs> okay, let's move on to a Kirby piece of music that made this episode. Fun fact, there are two from the Kirby series of games that actually made our Greatest Hits 2020 episode today. This was from a spotlight we did on Kirby Star Allies, which I thought when we did the episode, and I still think, is a little bit underrated. This is the track of the week from that episode. It's called Your Friends Believe in You, composed by Hirokazu Ando.
You guys are listening to Your Friends Believe in You, and, and that's a really great thing to hear. <laughs> this is from Kirby Star Allies, composed by Ando. And one of the most prominent themes in this game, there's so much leitmotif, so much going back to this melody. There's variations that all feel like battle uh, pieces, and there's even times when this melody is used in a completely different context. Um, but yeah, this was the track of the week on that episode. It's a really outstanding modern Kirby piece because it has a lot of darkness and to me it feels like a battle theme but there's even some cuteness and some sweetness and some hope to it which you always will expect in kirby music definitely yeah that mixture of old and new is something that the kirby series has always done really well and part of that is just the luxury of being able to have a relatively small handful of composers work across the entire series primarily ondo and ishikawa Yeah, I mean, there are some others that come in every once in a while, but yeah, these two have done so much work. And I've said it before, but Ando, as of late, has really been bringing it and been kind of ushering in, in some ways, this this newer generation of Kirby music. Well, and they're in a unique situation because they constantly have to kind of uh, retread similar waters. So they have to kind of play their greatest hits a lot and also get back into that older headspace, which is always from my perspective a really fascinating thing to watch another composer do but the other interesting thing is because again it's just them there isn't this like sacred quality that i think happens when other composers come in and they they have reverence for something where they sort of immortalize it and entrench it where i feel like someone like hirokazu ando always strikes the right balance of you know he knows what makes something kirby but he also Mm -hmm. knows how far he can push something and is just really unabashedly creative it's the same thing we've talked about how sometimes the most uh, interesting or almost like progressive music in a Mario game will be the tracks that Koji Kondo <laughs> is writing because he doesn't yeah. necessarily have that pressure. I love of, that. I got to make it sound like Mario. He knows what Mario is. He wants to try something new where other composers have to sort of like prove that their stuff can hold water. It's true. Guys, this is a really big, really exciting moment, but it's time to move on to the track of the year. Oh boy, it's not going to be that big of a surprise for you guys, but it is from Princess Connect Redive. And I'll just say it now that we have two Princess Connect Redive tracks on our Greatest Hits episode today. And, and we, really, me, we really could have that was, 20. <laughs> that was really holding back. That was like resisting every ounce in my being to not have more. Um, I wanted to have one from this composer, Kenta Higashioji, who really came out of the gate swinging on the score and has made some of the best video game music I've ever heard in my life. We do want to make the disclaimer um, that there isn't one best track for princess connect so really when we say track <laughs> the of the year experience. it could just be soundtrack score of the, of the year. year but anyway so yes one from him and then also i thought it was important to have one from the wonderful yasunori nishiki and there's a fun story i'd like to say when we get to that one but this one which we are calling the track of the year it's going to be bold on our website and we'll share the link of it this is called decisive battle against the dark star beast and it was the track of the week on our first Princess Connect episode is composed by Kenta Higashioji. Let's check it out.
absolutely speechless. I've heard this track many times at this point, and it never fails to put my jaw on the floor. This is Decisive Battle Against the Dark Star Beast from one of the best scores of all time in any medium. Uh, and yes, it's from this really silly game. I'm sorry. I don't I don't know why it's so good, but I don't make the rules. <laughs> it's Princess Connect Redive, and this was by Kenta Higashioji. Just there needs on to be another an, level. There needs to be an Edgar Wright-style Baby Driver-esque movie for the entire soundtrack to Princess Connect Redive. I Just would to support that Put it in a different context, because this music is indescribably phenomenal. I mean, it's just on yep. every level that one could analyze It's a cut music. above. It's, yeah, it's a cut it's, above the rest. It, it's it the really kind is. of thing that happens. I mean, it's like, you know, people talk about listening to music by people like Jacob Collier and feeling like, wow, I'm a terrible musician because he's so incredibly talented. Um, but to me, I feel this like, is I like I have I'm an a even terrible more, composer. <laughs> yeah, I have such I'm a terrible acute, everything. Yeah, sense of just inferiority when listening to the princess connect terrible drummer terrible composer (laughs) (laughs) but a track like this i mean that's just excelling on every level um it's almost like i I can't even begin to analyze it because it's doing things that um i I don't even understand why they work (laughs) and i would never think to blend all these elements um don't even question it man just accept phenomenal the The blending of rock and orchestral has never been so tasteful as it's like i've almost always thought that was cliche you know having orchestra and drum set it just never usually sounds good or it's very kind of saccharine and oversaturated but this is just bad ass i have this experience a lot listening to music that really floors me especially very ambitious music like this on a production level i can't even imagine higashioji sitting down and starting to write this how do you start to write this amazing complex masterpiece there's so much going on so much crazy rhythms and the orchestration is outstanding it's just so complex. I can't even imagine that moment when he was like, oh, I think I'm going to do this. And I think these guitars are going to be doing quarter note triplets. And it's like, what? What are you doing? I think like Mozart, the notes fell from the sky. Yes. Inspiration from God while he was playing pool. Just like <laughs> wrote it down in paper. Just heard Ooh, it all. Or was he playing pinball? Perfect segue to the next piece of music. We just have to pull the bandaid off to, to move to the next one. Uh, this is from our virtual boy episode, which was an absolute blast of an episode and <laughs> from princess connect to virtual boy. <laughs> and this was a really cool track. And we thought we were going to, we, we were pretty sure what track of the week was going to be. And then all of a sudden we discovered this, uh, this particular track from galactic pinball by Kenji Yamamoto. It's called alien. And it really stopped both of us in our tracks. It's a cool fusiony piece of music, maybe the coolest piece of music for the virtual boy <laughs> let's take a listen to alien
You guys are listening to Alien from Galactic Pinball for the Virtual Boy, composed by Kenji Yamamoto. Man, cool sound here from Yamamoto. Uh, the Virtual Boy is very cool. There's a lot of reminiscence to me um, with the sound of the PC Engine, because um, I've actually been working a lot on that system lately. I just finished a PC Engine chiptune that I got to show you while I'm uh, excited about it. But a lot of similar sounds here. The panning is really exciting. What a cool composition. It's it reminds me actually quite a bit of that side pocket GB score, that sure. kind of fusiony mixture that that composer um, kind of established with that. This is, this is so outstanding. This is so funky. There's so much to love about this. First of all, I love that sort of like, it's essentially this altered dominant chord that's like a full voice leading moving yeah. in parallel. So, banana, every so single much voice parallel goes down movement. a half step and up. Which but, is uh, easy to make uh, when you're doing chiptune music. Because you just kind right. of plus or the minus. other thing though, it really sounds like it, it evokes the quality of like wind instruments of kind of saxophones and brass because of how it does that. There's like that little bit of hesitation in the articulation, but there's also something buzzy about that that in the synth sound makes me think of like I don't know Space Invaders or it actually does make you think of like aliens. So it's a really cool composition. Yeah. And then that sort of twinkly chromatic line. It makes me think of that like thing that Alicia Keys does on You, you Don't, Don't Know, know My Name, my name. Yeah. on the piano. Yeah. yeah, I think when she, I think the lyric she's like, and it goes like ooh, and she's just like singing ooh, but yeah. then it has that twinkle, Amazing. and that's a perfect job of capturing the emotion she's talking about, which is like being in love and just kind of being swept right. off your feet. Just, it's just oh, I love that. Or is the that, feeling of playing galactic that, pinball. I think that's what she was <laughs> really referencing. Will, would you would you define that as word painting? How would you define that when when she's using? Well, it's almost the, the opposite of word painting. It's it's musical emotion. Yeah, it's I'm emotional not sure what painting. <laughs> it's, I think it's, yeah, there is emotional something twinkling. literal about a musical gesture that's meant to kind of imply uh, something physical in the real yeah. real world. I'll, I'll do this. When this episode comes up, I'll post it on non-VGM on our Discord. But, yeah, that's a shout-out. Check out the song uh, You Don't Know My Name, Everybody by Alicia Keys. One that of my favorites. That whole album is just One of my favorite albums Emma and I were listening to that when we were driving back to chicago and just it's like, like every single track God, yeah, every song single. is like a <laughs> totally and i also love in that song you don't know my name she has that sort of like long skit or it's like yeah. she's calling it's, on the phone so to that cute. guy it's it works amazing. for me so much yeah you got john legend on the background vocals there so good all right let's move on to a track from Final Fantasy VII. Yes, it makes a lot of sense why it would be on our Greatest Hits 2020 episode. If you know this podcast, we finally had a spotlight on that score this past year. This is composed, of course, by Uematsu. It's a piece that we had never played on the podcast before, which is embarrassing on multiple levels. We've played, uh, I think before we did this episode, there may be been three or four Final Fantasy VII tracks that had been played over the years. Uh, so it's not like it had no representation, but this is one that we had never played. It's ahead on our way from Final Fantasy VII.
so gorgeous. You guys are listening to Ahead on Our Way from Final Fantasy VII, probably in my top three pieces from the score. This is composed by Nobuo Uematsu, um, and I had to double check, even going through our archive, and yes, there were many results that popped up for Ahead on Our Way, but it was not this piece of music until 2020. So yeah, it was a long overdue episode, um, and it was one that was slightly controversial, Upon release, um, we have some differing feelings about the music than maybe some of you do. But in any case, what a beautiful piece of music. It's just such such a perfect piece for him to compose for this game because I think it has a lot of through line. Everything from Final Fantasy 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7. I can hear that it's the same series. I can hear it's the same composer. But it feels like he's in a new era here so good yeah i absolutely adore this melody and how it's arranged i love that chromatic falling string line when it comes in on the, yeah. like the second verse really nice Goes touch ah oh, it's just it, so much detail in this really sort of kills me it's very charming and innocent though too like that sort of sine wave-esque lead it has this really yeah i humble love it. quality to it almost something like quasi pastoral because it has like an ocarina or recorder quality yeah to me it seems like he's trying to convey a recorder um there's a humble human quality to it that to me conveys that but yeah this is one um I, I enjoyed what I heard from the Redone uh, 7 score, um, but some of it was that thing that happens a lot where they're making a lot of changes and trying to make things really fresh and new and to surprise even like hardcore fans that have heard these tracks millions of times, which makes sense. But for me, right. it kind of felt like it wasn't what I was looking for. Yeah, because you kind of want definitive versions of all this music. Right. You want stuff that like someone who's never heard it can listen to it, but you don't want necessarily right. like a, we're going to do this song as a Roomba and like completely do an arrangement of it. You know, it's a little bit um, of an exaggeration, but yeah. I, I know, I know what you're getting at yeah you know sometimes so, when you change a rhythmic scheme or so it's interesting reharmonize something not only do i i would say for the most part will you and myself maybe have some differing opinions than a lot of folks out there about final fantasy 7 i feel like we also do with the music of final fantasy 7 remake i feel like we actually have some different opinions um about that what, stuff. what would you say our different opinions are because i feel like I'm not a huge fan of it, I guess. Uh, I think it sounds really good, and the level of production is great, and they put a lot of work into it. But I think it's what you were saying, where it's not definitive. These are not definitive right. versions to me. But but just in terms of the original soundtrack, where do you think oh. our opinions differ? Oh, I no, I I um I think it comes from not playing the game, not having nostalgia, and not considering it to be one of the best Final Fantasy scores. It's 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 just not on the same level as some others that we particularly adore. Uh, it's it's good and to me there's a lot of standout tracks but there's a lot of tracks that I that don't really do anything for me. Yeah, I had an experience when we did the episode I remember where I felt like it all started making sense to me for the very first time and I remember it was really nice that I well, part I, of it was I'm, that playlist that we had wonderful well, help. And I'm also going to forget we had help from someone in our Discord to kind of give I, th- story I believe it was Brandon. To all the tracks. There was something about that that really clarified the music to me in a very 
very exciting way and i liked how stylized it was yeah and i do think there's that quality to it's like as you get older and i remember talking about this it's it's sort of like how you develop a taste for beer and coffee and things that are more bitter that there's something about the music to final fantasy 7 well that, you know what it not is not to say it's more like sophisticated but it's not delivering on the like catchy melody level well, the way that like final I fantasy 6 was i think it's by far the most ahead of its time score the series had seen and it's it's actually kind of a modern style score reminds me more of modern video games than old video games in a lot of ways and we were talking about this on discord recently too as well is that a lot of times when you play a video game and you experience how the music is used you really do understand it and so that is the case with Final Fantasy VII, and that's something that we just didn't well, have. And we have to remember of. that that's the purpose of video game music yes, is how absolutely. it works in the game. It's not about how two guys can talk about it on a podcast. I think the purpose so. of video game music is how Carl and Will <laughs> like it, <laughs> how much they think it's cool. Uh, okay, let's move on to a really awesome score that we got to spotlight on this year that I was really glad to do so. This is a Yoko Kano score for the Dreamcast called Napple Tale. Let's take a listen to the track of the week on that episode. It's Dual Tango. Beautiful stuff. You're listening to Dual Tango from Napple Tail for the Dreamcast originally, composed by Yoko Kano. This is another one of those scores that we had had tastes of in the past, I think one or two pieces over the years that we had shared, um, but it was a long overdue spotlight, and to me, I would still say it's kind of an underrated gem. Everyone knows Yoko Kano and is a fan of her work, most notably, I would say, for anime. Um, she has done some game stuff. And this might be one of her strongest video game scores she's done. But in any case, uh, yeah, just it was such a fun episode to just kind of be seeped into her style. And this, I will, would you would you define this as like a pastiche piece? Or would you say it's like a mixture of, it has part of it that's like going for a specific genre, but she's kind of being free with it as well. I think all of her music is sort of the like what you just described. I mean, it's I guess all of the above. There's yeah. so much it's of her everything. work that is pastiche, <laughs> but yet there is also something unique or quirky or different There's or specific a lot about, about it. it. So it's like this is very pastiche, yet the choice of this kind of string quartet, very dry sound as well as the piano is an interesting choice. Not to say that that 
isn't authentic to part of the pastiche, but it doesn't necessarily have the sort of cliche sound that one might expect. And I feel yeah. like a lot of her work is that way. I mean, Emma and I were watching the first episode of Cowboy Bebop this morning. I think she's going nice. to start rewatching it. And the score to that show is a similar thing where there's so much pastiche, whether it's like, you know, yeah. a pastiche to Western with this sort of twangy harmonica, or, you know, if you think of that great, there's so much awesome, like jazz, big band music yet. The, there is some complexity to it because the coupling of the pastiche with the theme gives it this richness. And as well as like the production of a lot of the music on that show, it's almost like this like big band meets like breakbeat hip hop sample kind of sound where you know, that's there's... that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's just so much going on in it that it's like she's nailing one thing, but it doesn't feel like it's restrained music. It feels like yes. it's totally free and incredibly colorful. You know, Will, you remind of me of something. Is. I would describe her style that way. Every piece of music you hear from her, there's a sense of freedom and this natural flow, like like the music is pouring out of her. Sure. It really does feel that way. And we felt that with Higashi Oji. And I, I would say she's another one of those people where it feels like the music and the notes are just pouring out of her effortlessly. And yeah. that is the experience of listening to it. Okay. Now, at first glance, I was going through this episode and assumed I would have to skip it over because the episode was from Nintendo Month. It was GameCube. And I was like, oh, this must have been classic stuff, right? That we've all played before. I forgot that our track of the week was actually, I'm glad we did this. We tried to go for something new that we had never played a little bit more obscure. This is from the game Mr. Driller Drill Land. The track is called I.O. It's a really quirky, funny, awesome piece of music by Go Sheena. Let's take a listen. remember if i said this on our gamecube app but this really reminds me of hiromi uh and her music especially the trio she used to have she used to have this really awesome drummer martin v something he was i think he's a slovakian drummer the drumming on this actually really reminds me of him and and, and in general this this kind of just reminds me of something hiromi would do i know what you mean though too because there's something cute about the rhythmic motif very cute. all the short notes but also very funky yeah the mixture of just insane virtuosity with i'm sure i mentioned it when we first heard it but i love that at the end of the drum solo the drummer's like yelling yeah happens a lot with jazz musicians where they just can't contain themselves 
it's kind of a similar thing where people talk about like the guitar face, you know, like the John Mayer kind of thing where he like looks like he's in pain. Um, sometimes that happens in a different way where it happens with like vocal screams <laughs> that come out of you. I think as like a joke, I didn't watch this yet, but Adam Neely just did a video about bass face, which is essentially That's he's talking thing. about making That's that thing, stanky yeah. face and talking about how like he explored the science of how it might actually be a helpful thing. It's I don't clearly, know if it was it's totally clearly a, a helpful thing. thing. Well, uh, what John said on Hot Ones, I think is the perfect thing about it. He was saying it's like, there's something about like the, I, he called it like the wires and pulleys of your body that in order to get this note to like ring out at this at this velocity and at this length like you kind of have to it feels like you have to do that and it, it is truly involuntary I mean it's no one does that because they think it looks cool um, but yeah it's it, it is an interesting thing it would also look a little inhuman not to make some sort of face just of uh, being totally dead sober while playing some I actually loved on that interview that he was so self-aware that like they actually went through all the great guitarists you know like the best guitar faces and he and, and he was like yeah, I'm definitely not you know the worst guitar face I think I might be the most famous and I think there is I understand why someone could look at that and be like, okay, we get it. How difficult is this? <laughs> just like definitely, I think a lot of people have that feeling when they see someone just really have this silly face. But yeah, it's it's definitely involuntary. Uh, what a cool track. We should consider that for a spotlight as well. Uh, cool. This is actually a real rare treat that we get a Super Nintendo piece of music on a Greatest Hits episode in... <laughs> you know, recording it in the year 2021. It's not surprising that a lot of the music skews modern for these episodes because, you know, a lot of the classic stuff we've played before. But this is an obscure uh, Japanese-only game that we had a spotlight on this year called Tengai Makio Zero. And this particular track was composed by Toshiyuki Sasagawa. It's Higan's Sadness. listening to Higan's Sadness. This is from Tengai Makio Zero, which was a super Famicom score that I discovered a few years ago on like a looking for Makata radio stuff for show and tell stuff and was really blown away by it and always had it in my back pocket to uh, have a spotlight on it, which we, we finally did. A lot of other great composers, including Kohei Tanaka, uh, worked on this game. And so this is an absolutely amazing score and this was maybe one of the highlights of it. This is very beautiful. So gorgeous. And it's really, for me, one of the great 
treats of doing this podcast is finding the old new stuff the stuff that's been around for decades in some cases things before i was born but Mm -hmm. they feel so classic it's as though i I grew up with them from the instant i hear the first note it's that immediate classic that's such a i don't know I, i wouldn't trade that feeling for the world and it's something that when we do show and tell episodes it's continually rewarding that we'll find a new Game Boy track that we've never heard or find a new NES soundtrack that's, that's outstanding. Um, that's always So I'm glad we treat. had that representation here. Uh, we do have one more, I guess I would say kind of old track. It's 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 not necessarily from the 16-bit era. It's from the era right after that. But so, so that's cool we have that representation. Okay, let's now move on to a uh, show-and-tell pick that was my track of the week choice for i think the other i think we recorded only two show and tell episodes this past 2020 uh which makes sense it was a hard year uh yeah this is so fun it's called take flight two uh by joshua morse very different than will's composition take flight (laughs) uh from his album source and it's just so funky so fun i love it let's take a listen guys are listening to take flight two by joshua morse from his album source one thing that i love that josh does is he'll make sequels to his own songs and so this is a sequel to a very funky song take flight that he released previously he even has the series i think i think the songs are called like turtle dance or or something along those lines and he's like turtle dance one two and maybe at this point three and so i like that he revisits a vibe it's actually something that was inspired me when i made what was it i think inflector I think I made a track called Still Got Sea Legs and where I kind of went well, back Well, I mean, to I that. hope you guys look forward to uh, my new album, Revolver 2. <laughs> Revolver 2. Uh, yeah, it's just makes sound-alike yeah, versions Eleanor of Rigby all the songs. Eleanor 2, Taxman 2, all the what great What would the ones. name be if, if you had to come up with a different name for that song? For what song? Oh, for Eleanor this Rigby. one? Eleanor, Eleanor Rigby. Rigby. Johanna Smith. <laughs> Probably like Helena Bigsby or something. <laughs> That's not obnoxious at all. 
he definitely found the right name for that for that song. Yeah, this is such a such a funky and cool track. Yeah, God, I love yeah, how it takes love a while the... to like understand what's going on. Well, and the gua 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 gua. You know that very nostalgic. Talk about Soya Oka, um, hearing that Mario Kart kind of vibes. But yeah, I love the breakbeat sound of the drums, and I love that you can even hear the sort of hiss of yeah. the compression and stuff. Yeah, I mean this is just it's so fun. so incredibly funky. Uh, we're playing so much awesome music today that's in this kind of groove based style. I mean, it's like they're, they're, it's true. I think like that Tenge Mayako track is just a gorgeous melody. It's a beautiful sort of ballad, but so much of the music that we're playing is technically impressive as well as compositionally impressive. And that's not something that necessarily happens every single year. This year particularly feels like, uh, almost like a jazz fusion funk oh, this fusion is, spotlight. This is the funkiest, greatest hits we've ever had, and that leads us to our next track, which is one of the most exciting original 2020 VGM pieces of the year uh, from Paper Mario, the Origami King, it's Red Streamer Battle, which is also very funky, also has great production, great performance as well. Let's take a listen to this banger. You guys are listening to Red Streamer Battle, one of the most exciting tracks uh, of 2020 when it comes to new video games. Uh, This is from Origami King. A lot of composers. Let's see what we got here. We have Sekigawa, Murakami, Kimura, Morishita, as well as Isobe. A lot of really talented composers that came together to make this outstanding score. I think the best score in the Paper Mario series. To me, it's actually not even a contest, but uh, in any case, yeah, we had a great time recording that episode, and a lot of you this year had a great time listening to this track for hours on end. (laughs) I know, I certainly did playing the game. Uh, Yeah, an amazing game, an outstanding score, just so hit the spot this year, honestly. Um, just pure joy, humor, creativity, it's just kind of everything. Um, and this is a track in particular that just made me so in awe of what I feel is like the freedom of so many Japanese media composers, which that kind yeah. of uh, raw 
untapped inspiration that we were talking about with Yoko Kano, where it's like the music just pours out of her with mm-hmm. just such robust freedom. Well, I, the I get that with so many of... Japanese composers, and I think it's because they're not so restrained stylistically as I feel like oftentimes we do that to ourselves too often in the West where we kind of like to control like, oh, this style is only for this game or, you know, in this yeah. thing we have to be serious or you can't have this chord progression with that instrument where it's like, feels like in Japan, they're just like, anything I like is accessible to me. Well, there's definitely no rules in a track like this. The eclecticism you hear in the composition and the arrangement, the overall band, like if you were to look on stage at the band that is playing this, it's kind of hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The one thing that I'll say on this track, which is a little bit head scratching, it feels like uh, the track was written, recorded, performed, everything mixed, good to go. And then someone at the end rolled off all the low end. On this track, if you listen to this track and then go to any other kind of modern, jazzy, kind of funky track, um, I'm not sure why they did that, but the low end is like severely rolled off on this. Uh, And I don't really know. Maybe it could have to do with uh, its use in the game. It could be that a lot of the sound effects wanted to have that sort of rumbly, low frequency sound to it. And because this is so drum and bass specific, I mean, it would be very easy for a track like this to get muddy. The other thing that's possible is like maybe when they mixed it, it wasn't mixed super well and it was muddy. So when it was like mastered for the soundtrack release, they were in trying to temper that they might have overcorrected or something. In any case, a wonderful piece of music from a wonderful score. Well, guys, we're going to play another track from Princess Connect Redive. We did have two episodes on the score, and so (laughs) I think that gives us even more credibility to do so. But this is a composition by Yasunori Nishiki, and I have a really good memory of early in 2020, one of the things that we were delighted to be able to do was to go to VGMCon. Yes, an actual convention with a bunch of other people hugging and hanging out and and enjoying our weekend. It seems like another world now, but we played VGMCon. We got to hang out with the Hit Points, which are our favorite VGM band and just amazing guys. Yeah. And we actually showed them this track. We were hanging around the lobby bar with them, I think after both of our shows. And we were like, you know, you guys, you play that awesome Octopath song. We got to show you this track from the same composer from this game that you've never heard of. Um, and it's it's right up your alley. And I remember kind of just on Will's phone, just showing it to them. And they really, really dug it. Let's take a listen to Aim for the Top. <laughs>
Wow, you guys just listened to the phenomenal piece of music, Aim for the Top, from Princess Connect. Redive, composed by Yasunori Nishiki, an outstanding piece of music, and it has a lot, it has many foots in many different <laughs> styles, one of which being bluegrass, uh, one of which being rock. Uh, there, there's, there's a lot of folk influence to this. Um, it's perfect for an RPG battle. It's perfect for... I mean, it's just this would fit in so many different uses in a video game, and it's just so catchy. And the rhythmic drive of it, just the constant, really fast 16th note melodies just get you out of your chair and just bobbing along. Well, it also feels like it was made for the hit points. The combination Doesn't of it? instruments and the kind of virtuosity of the melody itself, that just to play this tune as is requires a technical proficiency. Um, and also just a style musically and sonically that is perfect for their group. But yeah, uh, th- those guys are so cool. I mean, they're the best. Uh, that was definitely one of the highlights of 2020 was just getting to play with them. Like, mm-hmm. I think we played after them, which was stupid. Like, whoever yeah. scheduled that is insane. That's the that's the second time we've now played after them at a convention, God. and it's definitely yeah. the worst band to follow in the world <laughs> because they're the best band. They're um, so good. But, but one of the things was that, awesome. that was helpful was that we had Eli come up on stage with us and, and sit in with uh, Hothead Bop, and so that was a way to, <laughs> to, to kind of bring some of that energy to our set as well. Uh, okay. Yeah, if you're interested in hearing that, that that whole set is up on our YouTube from from BGM Con. I think in the video it's a little unfortunate because by the time Eli gets set up on the right side of the stage, you can't really see him on the video very well. But in any case, uh, let's see what we got next here. Just a few more. We have uh, something from... <laughs> we did another episode. It was a part two of the GQ Powerful Pro Yaku series of games, um, particularly some of the slightly more modern series uh, of games from systems like the PSP and stuff. This was the track of the week on that episode. None of these had titles, and so I came up with baseball-related titles. This is Coming Through in the Clutch. You guys are listening to Coming Through in the Clutch, a phenomenal piece of music, just a true banger from Jikyu, powerful pro Yaku heroes for the probably PSP. And there were a few composers that I did educated guesses on. I, I went through stuff that released at the same time, similar systems, similar companies. So we have possibly either Tomoaki Hirono, Shoichi Tanaka, or Masahiko Kimura 
could oh, have worked on this. Isn't this the best? I love this so freaking much. It's like almost feels like this should be in Princess Connect. Yeah, it's it's like almost too good for the. It's so good. This is just blows my mind. One Dude, of the best. Don't tracks you of the wish year. that we were good enough musicians to play this to cover this in the band? Yeah, I just, everyone no would need to be superhuman. Like yeah, the oh, drums that, are just absolutely shredding. The drums are insane. Ugh, everything. I love insane. that it sounds like breakbeat style, but it's like I don't even. It's just insane. I think I actually think that it's most likely a sequenced. Uh, oh, something oh, like totally. addictive drums, yeah. But it sounds amazing. It sounds very. But it's real. that kind of. It's that type of pattern where it's just so. Yeah, incredibly soloistic and expressive. I yeah. love the chords. I love the melody. I love just how kinetic it is. It this is another example you. that really makes me borderline upset. And I feel this way about Princess Connect, where like you hear this music, I, more people need to hear this. I mean, the composition, the production, the detail that went into it, and really, it's for Jiku Powerful Pro Heroes for the PSP. Like it doesn't deserve this level of music, you know? Like, this needs to be on a mainline console game that You're everyone's talking about. You're starting to sound about. like our dad. This is too good for video music. It's too good for video music. Yep. I, I, I'm sorry, but I happen to agree with him. Just kidding. Okay. Uh, all right. This is, I believe, the track of the week on our second listener show-and-tell episode of the year. Todd M. had the honor of getting track of the week on that episode. And it's from Xenoblade Chronicles Future Connected. It's another amazing, I guess, battle theme. Really good production on today's episode. The energy has been nonstop on this playlist here. This is Fog Beast Battle, composed by Ace Plus. You guys are listening to Fog Beast Battle. It's from Xenoblade Chronicles Future Connected. This was submitted by Todd, and it's by Ace Plus, which I don't have the names in front of me now, but Ace Plus, I think, is um, like a team of a few different amazing composers. And yeah, it's a, it's an embarrassment of riches, these episodes. It spoils us because the quality of every single track is phenomenal. The stuff that we had to axe on this playlist were truly highlights of many, many episodes this past year. And so, yeah, it's just insane. It is a little bit overwhelming from an energy point. Like, I feel like I'm about to crash hard energy-wise. Yeah. Part of it is the craziness that's been going on in our world lately. 
uh, that's been a part of it too. But yeah, I, this this is episode, if anything, has been a perfect distraction today. Well, and, and let's not throw the world under the bus. The craziness in Just our country, the country, yeah, sure. particularly, <laughs> particularly, yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. What do you think uh, of this track, dude? This track is amazing, and this episode was amazing. I mean, <laughs> I think. With every year that passes, I more and more feel insecure about, like, does our podcast need to exist? Uh, You know, have we done everything? Should we just kind of be done with it? Because there's so many episodes for people to go back and listen to. You know, are are things... Are we going to be able to get better or do more things? But it's like when we do these episodes and I hear this insanely <laughs> phenomenal music that it's like, this might we be one of the best greatest hits stuff, we've right? ever done. Yeah. It makes me excited. It feels like, because a lot of this is new music coming out or music in recent years that we've just discovered. So the the thing is, with games are such an exciting and proliferating medium that th- there's, this is just going to be life-affirming. I mean, they're just they keep replenishing you know we do a yeah. great soundtrack but then another new awesome one comes out so you know one thing i talk about that i feel really proud and um happy for us you know every every podcast has their own style and their own taste clearly when it comes to picking music is i look at this greatest hits collection of this past year and no other podcast would have all of these particular tracks you know they might have something like fog beast battle and 5 p.m but they're not going to have Take Flight 2 from Joshua Morse. They're not going to have The Princess Connect and The Ten Guy Maki Uzira. I mean, right. the the combination and like the diversity of stuff that we have here, I think is is really awesome and we played some amazing music this past year. Well, I also hope that it, you know, whether or not it's like we have the best, it definitely defines who we are and what we like. It's just like really groovy, melodic, yeah. catchy stuff. Is That's kind of like. what we're all about, and whether it's no new or that. old, um, all of this stuff it sort of hits you within five seconds. Yeah, um, which is <laughs> that's not most video game music. I mean, most no. video game music is background, it's atmosphere, it's mood setting. Uh, but I think the stuff, as you can tell, that we really like is the music that wears its heart on its sleeve and kind of tells you what it's about within the first five seconds. Well, we're going to play you guys out with a delightful track, a perfect way to end this 2020 recap of music. It was an awful year for a lot of people in a lot of ways, but based on what we played on this podcast, it was a great year. Uh, We're going to end with Kirby 64, the Crystal Shards, Aqua Star, which surprisingly was never played before 2020 on our podcast, and it was a track of the week on that episode. This is composed by Ishikawa and Ando. Anything else you got at the end, Will? No, I don't think so. Enjoy. Uh, look forward to a Patreon-suggested episode coming up next week. It's going to be a good one. I think that's about it. We're going to leave you, leave you guys with this Kirby track. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Stay sane, everybody. We love you guys. Peace out. Peace out.